what if this is the last time I get the opportunity to open the Word of God to you? What if this is the last time you get to hear me speak the Word of God? What would be the one thing other than you, young lady? No. <laughs> what would be the one thing, the one message, the one passage of Scripture that I would want to share with you that could not only challenge you, but be a help to you in your life? Because that truly is my desire, is just to be a, a help to you. Not only today and not only tomorrow, but throughout all the years of your life. And the Lord directed my attention to John chapter 21. It's a familiar passage of scripture. It's the third time that Jesus has appeared to the disciples after the resurrection. But I want to bring our attention this morning down to John chapter 21. And verse number 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank this morning that we can once again open up the word of God. And Lord, we pray this morning, Lord, that you'd bring your precious truths to our hearts, that we might be drawn closer, ever so closer to thee. Lord, we long for that day and look for that day when we will be in your very presence and hear the very voice of Jesus Christ speaking to us, but this morning, Lord, you want to speak to us through your word, and so, Holy Spirit, do your work as only you can do, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' precious name, amen. Jesus is meeting with his disciples, and you know the, the context and the story, so for the sake of time, we won't go into that, but he turns to Peter, and he asks Peter a question. This isn't the first time that Peter has been asked questions, or Peter has responded to questions. As Peter has followed the Lord Jesus Christ, there's been opportunities and circumstances, moments, when there's been questions presented to Peter. And when you think back on some of those questions, some of those questions were, were easy to answer. If you will, they were more factual questions that just required a factual response. One of those times was back in Matthew chapter 16, where the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking, and he's speaking to his disciples, and he asks his disciples this question. He says, whom do men say that I am? And the disciples responded, and they began to speak and respond to Jesus Christ and answer correctly with all the different opinions that the world had about Jesus and who he was. And then Jesus turned and said, whom do you say that I am? 
And you can see Peter, I can see Peter just like a, a child in early education class, maybe in kindergarten, just jumping up and re- I, I got this one. I got, this, is an, this is an easy question to answer. Don't you like that in class when you're sitting in a class and the, the, the professor asks a question that is so simple you can't get it wrong? And you just, oh, Dr. Spencer, I got this one. And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That was an easy question. And Peter was quick to respond to that one. He responded eagerly. Raised his hand right up in the air and says, ask me this one any time of the week. Dr. Spencer, let this be the question, every question. Boy, I'll pass this class straight A's. Another time, question was brought to Peter's attention. This question was a little more difficult, but still easy to answer. Because when the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking, there's all of a sudden there was a point in time in John chapter 6 where at this point, many of the disciples turned and went away. It was getting difficult. And the preaching was getting tough and they turned and walked away and they followed, didn't follow the Lord anymore. And Jesus turned to Peter and he said, will you go away also? And I can see Peter raising his hand again quick. Where will we go? Oh, this is easy. Where will we go? There's no place to go. Thou hast the words of eternal life. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I get this question. This one's easy to answer. I can raise my hand on this one. Now stop and consider for a moment, because now we get to a tough question. This is not just a question of, that can be answered factually or doctrinally. This is a heart question. And stop and think of the context of where we're at. That they've walked with Jesus Christ, and the Lord has ministered to Peter all these last three and a half years. He has just washed his feet. He has just looked with tender eyes after Peter has denied him three times. He's gone to the cross of Calvary and he's borne the iniquities of us all. He's risen from the grave. He's appeared unto Peter. Paul would write and say, he loved me. He gave his life for me. And now Jesus is asking a a simple question, yet a heart-provoking question. Peter, do you love me? And you know, Peter just jumps right up and raises his hand just like all the other questions. Because at first Peter thinks, well, this is easy. Just like if I were to ask everyone here this morning, do you love the Lord? I'm sure that everybody would raise their hand. Yes, Pastor, I love the Lord. Yes, I love the Lord. This is an easy one. This this is a junior high question. Yes, I love the Lord. But then Jesus asked him again. And this is where the question starts to really 
prick the heart. The Bible said in the book of Hebrews, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts right through. It gets to the heart and soul of your life. This is what was happening in Peter. Because the Lord says, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. That's a simple question. I'm three for three. I've passed the course. And the Lord turns to him again and says, Peter, do you love me? Now you can see, you can see, you can see as Peter's response. Verse number, verse number 16, he saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said to him, Yea, Lord, thou know, you know that I love you. You know it's that I love you. Lord, why are you asking me again? I told you, I, you know I love you. The Lord asked him again. Third time in verse 17. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And look what it says. Peter was grieved. Those words have, have caught my attention so many times. Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said to him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. This is the Lord Jesus Christ, Peter. Friends, this is the Lord Jesus Christ that died on the cross for me and died on the cross for you. And because of his love, like John says in 1 John, we love him because he first loved us. Let me say to you this morning that because of his great love for you on the cross of Calvary, he has every right to probe your heart to the very depths of your heart and the depths of my heart and keep pushing and probing and saying, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And you know what? First, and, and Peter, listen, Peter's just like you and I. At the first, we answer quick and we say, Lord, you know I love you. But then it gets a little more resting when the, when the Lord comes right over and says, Brother Hank, you really love me? And, and, and you know, you can see that, that, that fresh, fleshly pride starts to rise up, doesn't it? Pastor Meter, how dare you ask me? twice in a row, if you love me. I'm Dr. Beal. I'm the president of Ambassador Baptist College. Look at what I've done for the Lord. Look at how I've served the Lord. And yet the Lord comes again and says, Peter, do you love me? You see, this morning, only two points. Number one, a a heart-provoking question. That's what this is. Unless you think this was only for Peter, that question is for every one of us. All the time. Every day. And the Lord has every right to ask and probe and search my heart. And get right to the root and say, Pastor Meter, do you love me? Do you really love me? Do you really love me?
And at first, my, my first response is, Lord, you know I love you. And then as he begins to probe and he begins to reveal the thoughts and intents of my heart, he asks again, he says, do you love me? And at first, our, our pride just starts to rebel and we, we just back up to the wall and you know I love you. And then he dares ask again, do you love me? You know, the point of this, the point of this asking by the Lord Jesus Christ is not for him to know because he knows. But it's for our eyes to be open to how much we really love the Lord. And do we really love the Lord? How real is our love for the Lord? How sincere is our love for the Lord? You know, it's interesting to note that as we, as we look at this question, we look at it in the context, and, and most times we just read this and we look at it at the life of Peter. But I want to take your attention this morning in light of this question where the Lord says, do you love me? I want to bring your attention over to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. John is on the Isle of Patmos. And in verse number 5 of chapter 1, he says, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. But in chapter 2 and chapter 3, it's interesting that the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking to the churches. The Lord Jesus Christ, who the Bible says in chapter 1 and chapter 1 is eyes are as flames as fire. He walks in the midst of the church. He upholds the messengers of the pastors in his hand. And in chapter 2 and chapter 3, he's speaking to churches. And it's interesting, it's, it's challenging, it's arresting to me that seven times the Lord says something. Now, if the Lord says something once, it's important. Amen? If the Lord says it twice, it's very important. But if the Lord says something seven times, you have to think, I need to listen to what he's saying. Seven times. Seven times the Lord says this. In Revelation chapter, Revelation chapter 2, In verse number seven, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. May I say this to you this morning as a fellow believer and as a child of God and a student of the Word of God and as a pastor. It would do us well if we would spend more time studying what the Spirit says to the churches in the book of Revelation than we did trying to figure out everything else about the book of Revelation. 
Because seven times the Lord says, hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. And yet we are so quick to just run through chapter 2 and chapter 3 and quickly move on to chapter 4 and the rest of the book of Revelation. And yet seven times you say, why do you keep emphasis? Because what the Lord is going to say is of utmost importance. And it has to do with John chapter 21. And so we look at Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 1. And here's John. That apostle that would write that great verse that we all know so well. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. He would write the epistle of 1 John, speak of the fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak of how much the Lord Jesus Christ loves us. Here in His love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us. And gave His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And now He's on the Isle of Patmos. And the Lord Jesus Christ speaks to him. In chapter 2 and verse number 1, the Lord Jesus Christ speaks to John, but as He speaks to John, He speaks to John about the church where John has spent much of his time ministering. So if you can understand it this morning, it's as if the Lord Jesus Christ would come to you or would come to me and He would say, Pastor Peter, I want you to, I want to speak to you this morning, and I want you to hear what I have to say, and what I have to say is directly to you and the church of which you pastor. Tell you what, that makes you take, sit up and take notice, doesn't it? And he speaks to John, and the first thing he speaks, he says, in verse number one of chapter two, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, right. And I want to just stop for a moment and I want to go back to the book of Ephesians. I want to go back to the book of Ephesians because the church at Ephesus, I love to read the book of Ephesians. It's one of the, my favorite books in the New Testament. Because it says we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And throughout the book of Ephesians, it's filled with reminders and verses and truths about the love of God and the love of Christ. In Ephesians, if you, if you just go back there for a moment and, and just, well, look at verse number four. According as He's chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Verse number six of chapter one, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. In chapter 2 and verse number 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us. In chapter 3 and, and verse number 16, That He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you may be rooted and grounded in love, and may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. He might be filled with all the fullness of God. In chapter 5, 
Be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. In chapter 5 and verse number 25, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And when you read through the book of Ephesians, you can't help but, but be filled with, with, the, with, the, with the knowledge and the understanding of, of the love of Christ and how the love of Christ has, has saved us and changed our lives and how we're to be just strengthened and grounded in the love of Christ and the love of God. And now you come over to Revelation chapter 2 and all of a sudden the Lord Jesus Christ is standing there before the beloved Apostle John, the Apostle of love, the one that was closest to the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that the book of John says, this disciple, this one that Jesus loved. And Jesus stands before him and says, John, as I speak to the churches, I want to speak first to you. And I want to speak to that church of which you are so close still. I've had such a part of. That church that's essentially your life. You come down to Revelation chapter 2, and as the Lord speaks about this church, you come to verse number 4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Because thou hast left thy first love. I can't imagine what it was like for that beloved Apostle John to have the Lord Jesus Christ and with eyes of fire standing before him and say to him, John, You've left your first love. You've left your first love. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. And what if the Lord were to ask you that three times? You love me? You love me? And you answer to the Lord, you know I love you. You know I love you. You know I love you. And then the Lord looked with the purest of eyes down the depths of your soul. He would say to you and me, as only he could say, I know that you love me, and I know that you say that you love me. But no matter how many times we say we love the Lord Jesus Christ, we can never say I love him enough. And he would have the right to say, I know your response is you love me. But as only he could do, he could say, do you really love me? And you've left your first love. I don't know how I don't I don't know how John I don't, I don't only by the Spirit of God could John stand there and hear those words. 
cut right through all the outer exterior. He cut right to the depths of the heart. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ wants to ask us. Because he wants us to think seriously about it. Do I really love the Lord? Because when we really love the Lord, it, it, it transforms our lives. I know that, you know that. And that's not the point of this message this morning. The point of this message is this. That's the question, and that's the question that the Lord asks, and that's the question the Holy Spirit asks. And that's the question that, that we can run from and we can hide from and we can just, we can just block our ears and we can, we can, just, we can just shut our eyes and, and we, can, we can do all we want to, to just, just, just run from it and to hide from it. But oh, that we would be open to it and humbly say, Lord, I need help. I want to love you. Lord, I know you loved me. I know you loved me. I know you gave your life for me. I know you died for me. I know it was your blood that cleansed me from my sin. I know you loved me and gave yourself me. I want to love you, Lord. I want to say that I love you and I want to love you. But here's a question this morning that needs to be answered. How? How can I love Jesus more? How would you respond to that? How would you respond to that if someone came up to you and said, Pastor, you're saying we ought to love the Lord more. Pastor, I want to love the Lord more. So tell me how. Valid question. Good question. How is it? How can I, in a very practical and real sense in my life, come to the place where I love the Lord more? And if you'd like, I'll come back next week and answer. (laughs) No, I'm thankful that the answer is right there. In John chapter 21. The answer is in John chapter 21. In fact, it's in the verse. It's in the verse that we, we started reading. And the, quest, the answer is not just to, to say, I love you more. The answer is how to effectively in my life come to a place where I do love the Lord more. I had an issue with my lungs, and I went to the doctor, and they couldn't figure out what it was, and they, they didn't have any medicine for me. And the doctor said something. The doctor said, really, what you need to do is you need to go home, and you need to exercise, you need, need to lose weight. Now, I would have rather said, they, you know, here's a pill to take, and, but they said, go home and exercise. So I went home and I exercised and I lost weight and I went back and, and, and the doctor was, the, the doctor, the specialist said to me, she said, uh, I can't figure out why the cause or, 
the treatment. We, we don't have any answers for the problem with your lungs. And then she said, but whatever, whatever you've done, whatever you've done, keep doing it. And I said to her, I said, well, I prayed. And I said, and then I, uh, I exercised and lost weight. And she looked and she says, no joke, she said, wow, someone finally obeyed what I said. It was actually cheap medicine. But the answer to how to love the Lord Jesus Christ is in John chapter 21. You see, when the Lord Jesus Christ asked this question of Peter, something had already taken place, something had just taken place. And notice in John chapter 21, verse number 15, the first phrase. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? You see, the answer to the question of how can I love the Lord Jesus Christ, there's only one answer. That's to dine with the Lord Jesus Christ. Go back to the Gospel of Luke in chapter 10. May I just show you in a few moments. Luke chapter 10. You see, if you want to, Lord, you want to love the Lord Jesus Christ more, as we ought to and we need to, there's only one way to increase your love for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's by dining with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's by fellowshipping with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's by spending time, close time, with the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 10, and you know the story, it's when Jesus comes to the house of Mary and Martha. That's, that's northern English. That's proper English. But in verse number 38, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him in her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Martha was cumbered about with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus' hand said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled over many things. One thing is needful. One thing is needful. If my heart is longing to love the Lord Jesus Christ more, if my heart is longing to be filled with a love for the Lord Jesus Christ, so that I can truly say from the depths of my heart, Lord, I love you, then one thing is needful. And it's in verse number 39. To sit at the feet of Jesus and hear his word. It's interesting. It says Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. And she didn't pour out all her troubles. She sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to her Savior speak to her. Go to the book of John, chapter 12. John, chapter 12. You know, we read in John, chapter 12, about how Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. What, a, what an incredible, amazing, wonderful story. But how many times have you continued on in John, chapter 12? For in John, chapter 12, now that Lazarus has risen, 
Now that Jesus has raised him from the dead, we come to John chapter 12, and now we have in just, just two verses, we have the life of Lazarus as he's been raised from the grave. What was his life like? What was this new life that Lazarus now had like? What does the Bible say? It says one thing, one thing about this resurrection life. One thing about this resurrection life that you and I have. One thing about this new life that we just read about that's needful. One thing in the life of Lazarus. All it says about Lazarus once he is raised from that tomb is this. Verse number two. There they made him a supper. Martha served. She still didn't get it. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Stop and think about it, my friend. Jesus has just raised Lazarus from the tomb. It's speaking about this new life that he now has. And the Bible says one thing. One thing, the most important thing for you, the most important thing for me, is he sat at the table with Jesus Christ who had just raised him from the dead. He sat at the table with Jesus Christ. And if we're going to learn to love the Lord more, if we're going to have a heart that's filled with a love for Christ, the one answer is to sit at the table with Jesus Christ. Turn back to John chapter 21. What had just taken place in the life of Peter? What had just taken place in the life of the disciples? In John chapter 21, they had been out all night fishing. Morning, morning comes. They're tired, they're frustrated, they're discouraged, they haven't caught anything. And then all of a sudden, Jesus Christ appears to them on the shore. Jesus Christ calls to them. And Jesus Christ says to him in verse number five, children, have you any meat? And they answered and said, no. They're empty. They're tired. They're discouraged. They're frustrated. And Jesus says, do you have any meat? Do you have anything to feast upon? Do you have anything to eat? Do you have anything to partake of? And they said, no. They rushed to the shore. And they get to the shore. In verse number nine, as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. And Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, 153. And for all there was so many, yet as was not the net broken. And then Jesus said this to them. And this is what Jesus Christ is saying to you and me this morning. If these are the last words you ever hear me speak, it's this. It's what Jesus Christ wants to say to you. Come and dine. Come and dine. He didn't just say come and eat. He said something so much more rich. So much more full. He said come and dine. Come and dine. And Jesus Christ. The Bible says he. Verse 13. Jesus then cometh. And he taketh bread and giveth them, and fish likewise. And Jesus Christ is saying to you and me this morning, come and dine. Jesus Christ wants you to come and dine. You know the Bible says in the book of Solomon, 
in chapter 2, Solomon chapter 2, and verse number 4, he brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. We read in Psalm 40, he brought me up out of that horrible pit, set my feet upon a rock, established my goings, put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto my, my God, and many shall see it in fear and trust in the Lord. But in Song of Solomon, it, it goes further. Not only did he bring me up out of that horrible pit, not only did he set my feet upon a rock, not only did he establish my bones, but he brought me, he brought me, undeserving, unworthy. He brought me up, where? To his banqueting house. To sit and dine with him. And the banner over my head is his love for me. He loved me and gave himself for me. And in John chapter 21, he brings these disciples to the shore. And he says to them, come and dine. Come and dine. And then it says this, after, after. So when they had dined, so when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, lovest thou me? Go back to Revelation chapter 3 for a moment. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 2 starts off with, the Lord speaking to John, regard to the church at Ephesus, you've left your first love. Seven times the Bible says, hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And the last words in Revelation chapter 3 that the Spirit says to the church is this, in verse number 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And I know we use that, we use that, that verse to, to, to speak to people about salvation, but that, that's not really what it's about. The Lord is speaking to His church. He's speaking to you and me. And just as the Lord Jesus Christ on that morning, on that shore, as he lit that fire and he, as he put that bread and that fish and he, and he, and he fed the, the disciples and as he said to them, come and dine, the Lord Jesus Christ is saying to you and to me, and all we need to listen to what the Spirit says. Jesus Christ is saying, I stand at the door. I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, I want to dine with you. I want to feed you. I want to feed you with the words of eternal life. I want you to sit and feast at the table. I want you to know my love. I want you to hear me speak to you from the depths of my heart. The Lord Jesus Christ that loved me and gave himself for me. He says, he says Pastor Meade, I want you to sit and listen to what I have to say. My tender words of love to you. I want you to dine and feast as I speak to you. And feed you with that precious, precious bread of life. And Jesus says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in with him. I will come into him. And I will sup with him. And he with me. Folks, there's a question that's asked. An arresting question. It's a heart-provoking question. But it needs to be asked. And we need to allow the Lord Jesus Christ to ask us, lovest thou me?
But the Lord doesn't leave the question unanswered in how to love the Lord or how to get to love the Lord. He never does. Just like he said in John 14, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. Jesus Christ gives us the answer. And the answer is this. The answer is to you. The answer is to me. And if it's the last words you ever hear me speak to you, may it be this, that the Lord Jesus Christ is saying to you, come and die.